0: Welcome to The Dad Presents. Make sure you're following the show wherever you're listening. And wherever you are out in the world, spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Thank you, friends, for checking out the show today. I don't know how you're doing, but things here are good. I hope they're good with you. YouTube banned us permanently. But you know what happened after that? Our Spotify audience just grew by four digits, which is amazing for like one week. And Rumble is starting to catch on. So thank you guys. You're amazing. Thank you for the support. Tell your friends about The Dad Presents. Please share the show if you enjoyed it. The podcast that's proudly bringing COVID misinformation to the world. So yeah, we had a great weekend out here in California. This past weekend, we went camping with my wife and kids for my son's 13th birthday. I can't believe he's 13 already. We went along with 11 of his teenage friends in the desert wastelands of Chino Hills. There's not a single plant within a hundred miles that was still alive. It is just it is just brown and dead out there. Now, camping in the middle of the desert in a hundred degree weather, surrounded by dead foliage, with a dozen teenage boys, may not sound like fun to you, but I loved it, man. We had a great time. You know, it, it's funny because when thirteen year old boys get together and they think the adults aren't listening to them, the only thing they talk about are their dicks. It's just all weekend long. It was just dick, 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 dick. It was wild. Now, you know, half the kids in their middle school, half the kids in these kids' middle school are either gay or trans or non-binary or fluffies or fucking furries or whatever the new shit is that's going on that hasn't been invented yet. These are nice, respectful kids that we are out there with. Yet when you get these little heathens away from society, Political correctness goes right out the window and it's just, it was just full on Lord of the flies, man. Nobody wore shirts or shoes the whole weekend. Nobody took a shower. There was no showering and they had no problem throwing the gay slur word around at each other. Just like my friends and I used to back in the eighties, you know, these kids, these degenerates were so old school in their slurs that I was half expecting a game of smear the queer to break out at the campsite. Honestly. And as much as the world has changed and as weird as things are getting out there in society, it's just comforting to know that some things are going to forever remain the same. Teenage boys, they're out of control heathens who are obsessed with their genitals. And when boys hit puberty, honestly, they should just be shipped off to an island with endless porn and lotion where society brings in helicopter loads of raw meat and just dumps it on them like once a week. Let them get all that boy shit out of their system. And then, like a decade later, when they're like 23, 24, bring the survivors back to civilization. The weaklings and perverts and, and criminals, they will all be dead or ostracized, and society will be better for it. And we can move forward. But yeah, man, we had a great time out there. We did all kinds of guy activities, you know, they we did tug of war, laser tag, pumpkin toss, and these kids out of clay, pottery making contests. And there's, you know, some talented pottery artists out there. Know what these boys made? Well, one kid made an impressive lamp with actual functioning electrical components. It was really clever. Then another kid sculpted his mother a beautiful vase. And my son, the grand prize winner, he made a beautiful coffee mug and wrote world's best dad on it. It was great. It was touching. And I've been using it every morning since. Hmm. Of course, I am lying. They didn't do any of that. What they did with their clay pottery is they sculpted 13 clay dicks. You give a bunch of teenage boys some clay, tell them to make sculptures and 99 out of hundred times, they're going to make you a clay dick. And a other kid, her probably make you some clay boobs because he doesn't probably have the fine motor skills to, to get the, the veins right in that penis. So yeah, that was the most predictable experiment in human history. And I'll tell you what, man, the the detail these kids put into into these clay dicks was amazing. You can tell a lot of them really spend a lot of time looking at penises. It was a great trip. Amazing. We saw dozens of tarantulas. Uh, One barefoot kid nearly stepped on a rattlesnake that definitely would have killed him, which would have sucked because I would have had a very angry mother and probably another lawsuit. There were coyotes howling all night long. The bride and I, we slept outside in the in the bed of my truck under the stars, and it was it was almost perfect. It was it was really wonderful. It was, it, was, it was nice, it was romantic. You know, it's cool. You don't do a lot of stuff like that anymore when you're married with kids. It was almost perfect. The night cooled down, the sky was full of stars, the coyotes were howling, but she wouldn't let me play with the boobies. And that's gay. That was gay. She should have let me play with the boobies, dude. Let me play with your boobies. You know in the past month, in the past month here, my house, I've paid $1500 to fix her car. I bought her a new washing machine cuz the washing machine broke. I fixed her dryer with my own bare manly hands. Belt was was broken. I fixed it cuz I'm a manly man. Paid for our kids braces. Just let me touch the boobies, man. It's all I want. That's all any husband wants. He just wants You get married because you think you now have a license to touch the boobies whenever you want to touch the boobies, but that's not actually what marriage is. That's what you think it is when you're heading into the marriage, but no, you still got to ask permission. They still have to consent. Those are not your boobies. That's not how it works. They should tell you that before you get married. Anyway, best part of the trip was to drive home. We're in two cars. She's in a car, with a, a group of hysterical kids. I'm in, a, in my truck with a group of kids. And I get a call from her, you know, almost all the way home. And she's hysterical. She is just hysterical. And I'm positive from the tone of her voice that one one of these kids died. Like we escaped the rattlesnake, but one of those kids just died. And now I'm fucked. I'm going to get sued. Oh, shit. But no, that wasn't it. She was hysterical. This is so great. She was hysterical, calling me up. Absolutely hysterical because our pug, Becky, got so sick on the drive home that she just barayed diarrhea all over the children in the backseat of the Highlander in just glorious fashion. Just absolutely glorious. Just doused them. You know, like remember the pie eating contest in um, Lean on Me? How how the, the 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 vomit After the pie eating contest just went on forever and ever and ever. That's how I imagined this diarrhea scene. Because when I got there, these kids were just dusted, just fucking covered in diarrhea from head to toe. It was amazing. It was, I couldn't stop laughing. Now, listen, our dog, our our pug, you barely call her a dog. Pugs are barely dogs. It's amazing to think that these things actually are direct descendants of wolves, because can't fucking smell, can't see, can't, can't even bark. This dog cannot even bark. Her, her breathing when she's just laying at home on a hot summer day, trying not to die, her hyperventilating is no exaggeration, louder than the sound of her bark when she sees an animal outside. Can't bark. Can't get the wind power. These things are barely dogs. Anyway, my biggest pet peeve in life is probably noise like annoying noises, like loud eaters, loud talkers, loud breathers. It was the wrong dog for me to get. It's really quite infuriating to me, but my kids love her. They love her far more than they love me. So can't do anything about the pug. But as much as I hate this dog, she completely redeemed herself by blasting these little shits and diarrhea. It was phenomenal. Anyway, it's a good weekend. Enough of that. We're back to reality. Uh, World War Three could be coming by the time I save this recording and try to put it up on Spotify and iTunes and Rumble. We might be vaporized. That could happen. Nobody is really seeming to pay attention or care. You know, you got that that uh, lady up in Canada with her giant Fake plastic tits, that's dominating the media. Joe Biden is talking to dead people. Uh, Jean-Pierre Claude Dom, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is covering for his ass. But nobody's really paying attention to the fact that we might be getting nuked. I'm going to talk about that with our guest today, Clint Russell. You know, the New York Times, the New York Times wrote recently that Ron DeSantis is worse than Trump. So watch out, guys dude is dangerous. They said that Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump without the soft edges. And, you know, they previously wrote that Trump was Hitler. So if A equals B and B equals Hitler, then A, Ron DeSantis is worse than Hitler. So hide your children, people, because Ron DeSantis is going to put them in an oven, cook them up and eat them with a side of brown people bread pudding. Do you know it's illegal to say gay within a thousand miles of Ron DeSantis? You will be put to death if you say gay in front of Ron DeSantis. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but neither did the fact that they were calling his bill the don't say gay bill. Anyway, let's get into the show. But before we do that, I asked Clint a question towards the end of the show. Um, And since asking him this question, I've given it more thought for myself. I asked him, I said, you know, Clint, why do you podcast? Why do you podcast? Because we get a lot of shit for these podcasts. We get, we do, we get shit, we get personally attacked, we get insulted, we get banned. So, why do you do it? And I thought about that myself. And here's the real reason I podcast because America is in big trouble. It's in big trouble. I've got children whom I love dearly, and I want them to have a safe country to live in so that they can explore and experience and live life to the fullest as I've been able to do in my life. I want them to have as good a life as me or better, right? Like every parent, but America is in real trouble right now. We're in real trouble and people will say we're powerless to change things. And in ways people are correct because as individuals, we are mostly powerless, right? You get a vote, vote, vote. Means very little. You could run for office, you're gonna lose unless you have big money behind you. So, as individuals, you're mostly powerless in the grand scheme of things. However, as a collective, and I know that word scares libertarians, collective, you know, it's a little too close to communism. But as a collective, we're not powerless. If if enough people demand liberty and demand their freedoms back and demand that we roll the power of the government. Back and return those powers to the people, we can force change. And they know we can force change. And that's why they spend so many billions of dollars propagandizing us. So, what I'm trying to do on this show is just do my part to counteract all that propaganda, put out the truth, put out a different message, and see if we can't all get united from the crazy liberals on the left to the crazy conservatives far on the right, bring them all into the same bucket and realize that what we need to do is join forces and take the power back for ourselves. Decentralize power, decentralize the federal government. How do we do that? We become non-governable. We become non-governable. We don't let them push us around and then we give them reason to fear us. And they do fear us. They know. They know they're the emperor with no clothing. They know they are. And we need to point at them and laugh and say, ha ha, motherfucker, I can see your tiny cock. All right, guys, let's get into the show. All right, guys, today we are welcoming back to the show a man who he made like a quadrillion dollars by the time he was, I don't know, 15 or 16. He retired, (laughs) went on to create the world's second biggest podcast. The New York Times wrote that this man Our guest is a more attractive and funnier Joe Rogan. And also, he is literally Hitler, a member of the Libertarian Party, and he's probably going to become the secretary of tear this fucking shit down once Dave Smith is elected president. Uh, Just this week, he left his Miami bunker for an undisclosed Florida location because he's getting daily death threats from the Woketarian mob. He's the great, the one and only Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown and he's coming in hot from the eye of the hurricane. How you doing, Clint? Oh my goodness. That
1: was a hell of an intro, brother. Thank you so much. Uh yeah. yeah well, I mean,
0: you you've you've blown up since the last time you were on, so I had to give you something. I mean, it oh, well, you, the show's gotten huge.
1: I appreciate it, man. I, I mean, it's all thanks to the guests I get. It, it's uh but it, it's it's been very gratifying. Um, I'm just thrilled that I get to report from the, the eye of a hurricane. I've never imagined this being my life, but I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm, uh, I'm surviving it. Who knew climate change is real folks. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, um, has the <laughs>
0: hurricane actually hit where you are? Is it, I not, mean, I'm, not look, really. I'm looking out your window. I don't really see. It doesn't look too bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been raining off and on. Um, it's very windy, but that's about it. So nothing, nothing big, but, uh, my buddy Jose is over in Tampa and Tampa is where it's like the the real collision yeah. is occurring. So I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens like between the federal government and uh, DeSantis when shit hits mm. the fan and they need assistance. Like is the Biden administration so petty that they might withhold services to Florida just to spite DeSantis? I don't know. I hope they do. I mean
1: what what does the the federal government really provide? So they're going to send them some money like whatever. I like the honestly the the worse the federal government treats Florida the closer Florida gets to saying we're our own nation and that sounds ideal to me. So I don't really care um just to be blunt and the the people of Florida are very resourceful I think that they'll be fine. We'll see though. I you know I'm I'm a newbie here so I don't want to pretend I don't want to you know deign to speak for them that would be over the top but
0: fuck the feds i don't really care (laughs) yeah i mean i can get behind that i think probably 90 percent of the people listening to this show can get behind that statement um you know i brought you on last week i asked you to come on because i wanted to talk about the economy and we'll get to it but since that time um as as always, you can never tell what's going to happen in a week and just, you know, that the pipeline just exploded. So I guess what I, what I want to ask before we get into the pipeline is when the nuclear war hits, are your last words going to be, I told you so, or thank God I'm vaccinated?
1: <laughs> Probably neither. It'll just be a, a long drawn out scream. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It's weird because, you know, most of my predictions come from, uh, you know, my Austrian economics background and, and also, you know, my familiarity with the military industrial complex. And, and basically, you know, my, my predictions unfortunately are fairly dire and they have been for the past two years since I started my show. And so it's weird because like, I've been proven to be right, but at the same time, it doesn't feel good at all. You know, like (laughs) I really wish I weren't. So I certainly will not be screaming. I told you so. That that is not going to happen. Um, I, I if it, if it was a positive prediction, then I would yeah. gleefully scream that. But because it's so dire, I I just I don't take any. There's no gratification. Well, you're
0: you're a better man than me then, because as as the bombs are coming into L.A., instead of you know I should probably be hugging my children, I'll be on the phone with my buddies, being like, "Fucking told you guys," you know, like because that's where we're at, and and we could all die. Not to be too dire, but this this could actually get there.
1: I know, man. It's uh I talked about it last night. Um, I forget who I had on, but it was um anyways, I'm blanking. Yeah, I, I talked about it last night. I don't I don't think people take this seriously enough. I, I don't think people like if people actually understood how close we are to World War III, I think you would see probably the biggest protests we've seen in our life. I mean, it's just it's just perplexing that we can get. Tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people in the streets over the Black Lives Matter period, um, but we can't get even minor protests against what amounts to the apocalypse if it goes down, and no. it just it just kind of goes to show how disconnected from reality the vast majority of people are. That you know one cop's crime can activate so many people. I mean, granted that was a microcosm of a bigger problem. I'm not trying to downplay it, but just compared to the potential of nuclear apocalypse it's like yeah (laughs) what gets you more motivated for me it's the nuclear apocalypse thing like that's the one that i'm really jacked up about and uh i don't know we we don't have a lot of time man i'm just i'm grateful that dave was on rogan today i haven't got to hear it yet but i i certainly hope he brought it up we'll
0: see you're right about that and also for people on the right like you know I care about, you know, little boys getting their dicks cut off also. And I care about teachers in Canada with, uh, you know, giant triple Z fake plastic tits with four inch nipples. I care about that stuff, too. But that's like dominating our news. How about the fact that Putin says he might use nukes and we have a recording of Joe Biden saying we might blow up your pipeline? And now the pipeline has been blown up. I no, virtually nobody's talking about that. Like Tucker Carlson talked about it. I've heard nobody else in the mainstream media talking about it. It's the shit's real. My friends don't care. I'm sure your friends. Well, you run different circles than me. I, I'm yeah. sure your your friends care. My friends don't care. They they get bored when I bring this stuff up and they call me boring, Matt. That's actually what they call me when I talk about this stuff. It's crazy.
1: How is this boring? It's like the most interesting shit that's happening in the world. Um, no, I, I, I did a whole thread on it yesterday where I had joe biden in january or february i forget which saying explicitly you know that if russia invades if tanks cross in the border into ukraine yeah xyz Nord Stream will not exist they ask him how he goes just trust me we just have our ways then, then you have victoria newland who's you know a, a state department operative who spent years in ukraine fomenting that revolution uh she also said you know by any means necessary essentially they will yeah. end the nord stream pipeline it, yeah. the the threats were explicit and it wasn't a one off it was uh, a concerted messaging effort on their part the yep. the the threats were explicit and and now that it's happened to to see them even attempt to pivot to blame it on russia which makes no sense whatsoever when they have the input side of that pipeline. They could literally just shut it off on their end. That no, no oil, no gas, nothing gets into that pipeline without their, uh, you know, in, intent. So it's it's just so transparently obvious that I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to have been the U.S., but. Uh, there was a navy ship with a navy seal contingent on board, a few kilometers away from the uh, the site of the three explosions, and they were explosions. So, like, it's mm-hmm. clear that someone—it was a terrorist act. It's just a matter of who did it at, at this point, and uh, the front runner for that is our own government. Our own government looks mm-hmm. to have cut off oil supplies to most of Europe, and
0: wild, even it's just insane. Even if it wasn't. Our government, because of what Joe Biden said, and it was in February. Because of that fact, it certainly looks that way. It doesn't look yeah. good, even if, even if it wasn't our government. Like that's probably what Putin is thinking right now, right? He probably thinks it was our government. Who else would yeah. he suspect of that? Joe Biden said the words. Um, let, let me ask you. So, pivoting well, to and, the economy, and, 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 uh, real gone. quick,
1: a, pol- a Polish politician uh, said, "Thank you, America." And he, oh and he tweeted, tweeted out a photo of it. And he happens to be the husband of Applebaum, who's a Hillary Clinton uh, operative. So, I that's information. That's yeah. I mean, there's just it, granted, it's all tea leaves that I'm reading here, but mm-hmm. I have a hell of a lot of more tea leaves on this side of the equation than I do on Russia blowing up their own pipeline. Now, Russia,
0: they, Russia didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean they, they, they fought like
1: hell to have that thing put there, and the and just for your listeners' uh, understanding, the reason that this pipeline was so valuable to them is because prior to that, the any exports into Europe had to run through a pipeline through Ukraine, which is now their mortal enemy, obviously, yeah. and they had to pay billions of dollars annually in fees to use that pipeline. So the Nord Stream allowed them to, you know, circumvent that process, and it. I mean, to me, it's just so, so obvious that it was uh, either an American operation, perhaps Israeli or, or even the UK uh, could have been involved, who knows, uh, but it certainly wasn't Russia. And, and we, it just inches us, uh, not even inches us, it takes us one more large step towards World War III. And I just can't believe yep. that we have leadership that is pushing us in that direction.
0: It's, it's suicidal and it's insane. Well, we don't, we don't have leadership. We have homicidal maniacs hell bent on, on their own power. We don't have leadership. We've we've not had leadership in my lifetime as far as I can see. Um, Yeah. So to, to pivot from that to the economy, I, I was in downtown LA today. Gas was almost $8 a gallon, which was like a $2 jump from yesterday. Is that, could that be related to the pipeline already? Is that possible?
1: I mean, it's possible uh, because there's uh, futures contracts, so the the market adjusts very rapidly when it when it comes to oil and gas. But it, it's I don't really know exactly how it works. Just to be blunt, I don't know how. I, obviously, it doesn't it doesn't impact the 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 fuel that they got delivered that you're actually pumping that right. day. But right. I think that they they can adjust it uh, based off of expectations of future
0: cost, uh, future input costs. So Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, the the price went up a significant amount. Right, right. ExpressVPN.com slash the dad. Look, guys, the FBI and NSA, they're tracking you, man. If you're a parent and you use the word liberty or patriot in your bio on Twitter or whatever, or you talk about it on Facebook, guess what? They're spending money to track your web activity. Last year alone, 4 million Americans were tracked. That data recently came out. Four million Americans were spied on by the FBI, and they're not going after the lefties. So protect yourself and protect your family with a VPN blocker from expressvpn.com slash the dad. There's just no reason to not do this. At this point, you get three free months. If you don't like it by the fourth month, you cancel Canceled by month four, you never pay for it. So try it out, expressvpn.com slash the dad. Protect yourself, protect your privacy, protect your family. Our second sponsor is zstacklife.com slash the dad. Guys, COVID's still here. Still here. People aren't dying from it, but you don't want to get it. I had it. It's no fun. Flu season's coming back around. Get your body right and ready and healthy. Exercise. Eat right and get all the vitamins you need for a strong immune system in one dose from Z Stack Life, which was created by the great Dr. Zelenko, who was one of the first brave doctors to stand up and fight against the COVID regime. Go to zstacklifecom the dad, get 15% off, get your body right. Let's get back into the show. Somehow we avoid, you know, you said we, we got inches closer to nuclear warts. I feel like we got more like about 95 yards closer with, with this yeah. pipeline thing. I don't know. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we avoid the whole thing. Let's say we avoid the whole thing. We come out on the other side of this. Well, what I originally brought you on to talk about was another looming catastrophe that I don't understand well enough, and I'm hoping that you do. We had China and Russia and Brazil and India. They've been getting together and and chatting those little, you know, those little gossips getting together. They call it the Brinks Alliance, and they're talking about starting a new world currency. Okay. New world currency to replace the dollar. Um, If that happens, if they are able to create a new world currency and say they get all of Asia on board, what? would that mean for Americans and
1: the dollar? I, I mean, it would be extraordinarily inflationary uh, because ultimately the the US dollar is only buoyed by the fact that it's in demand across the planet because it is the most uh, exchanged currency in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we say it's the global reserve currency of the world. So if it becomes not that, there would be a reversal of that process. At this point, what we do is we export our dollars. Our, our fiat gets sent to every inch of the globe, essentially. If that process ever stops, then the dollar comes flooding back into our system. So you have all of the banks that have lent out that money to central banks of other countries, et cetera, et cetera. It comes back to the US. So that means that your money supply, which used to be spread out, is now centralized into the United States or whatever handful of countries are still using the US dollar in a serious fashion. So um, very, very
0: inflationary if that occurs. Right. So, okay. So you're talking about maybe what per, what percentage, do we have any idea what percentage of the world's US dollars are floating in the Eastern part of the world that would be sent back?
1: Uh, well, I mean, if if you were to have all of the rest of the world stop. I can't say Asia. I don't, I don't have a clue, but I've read elsewhere that it's like half of our currency is wow. uh, at least, at least half of our currency is overseas. So if you have essentially, that would be a doubling of the money, the money yeah. supply that's circulating locally.
0: Um, that would be just crazy inflation. Right. So you're talking about a hundred percent inflation essentially. So, all Probably. right. So I, I've said many times on the show, I've tried to explain the dollar as, as well as I understand it. If, the only thing that really backs the dollar at this point is the petrol agreement, confidence, and our military. If they create this, petrol agreement's kind of out the window, confidence is gone. All we have left is the military. So assuming we get out of this conflict with Russia, then this, this other currency is put out there to replace the dollar, that will lead to a war. Like the, the military is not going to take that line down, right?
1: I think that's where we're already at. I think we're- that's that's what this Russian Chinese Build up conflict, you know, dual front nuclear war potential is actually about. At the end of the day, is that we demand? This is why we. This is why we toppled Gaddafi. This is why we top, toppled uh, Saddam Hussein. Uh, this is why we tried to topple Assad. Is because all of those guys explicitly tried to trade in things other than the U.S. dollar. They tried to sell their oil and gas right. in whatever different currency, either the euro or um, you know gold contracts or ruble or the, the yuan um so that's that's my read as to why this is actually occurring is that Russia has been trying to divest itself of the US dollar for quite some time and that basically puts us at odds regardless of their politics otherwise uh, I think that that's all window dressing to the the real incentives for why we're you know putting our finger on the uh
0: on the scale in Ukraine so, so that's what all of this really comes down to is control of the world's money supply. That's what we're really dealing with. Well, that and the
1: and the trade uh, trade lines. Uh, yeah. I think that's the primary uh, conflict that we have with China is that we are still trying to pretend as if we have the capacity to uh, control the supply lines in the you know eastern seaboard and the, the far eastern seaboard. Uh, I think it's totally delusional and insane. Um, but we still do have the best navy, so that is that's what they're relying on. But it's obviously creating huge conflict because you have a a nation that's highly developed at this point has you know 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 billion people, and mm-hmm. they're saying if we don't have a right to patrol our own seaboards right off our coast, uh, you know we don't have anything. And I think that that's where that conflict is is largely arising. So yes, it's the dollar as well as the, the trading uh,
0: supply lines. Yeah, wow. I mean, if we all nuke each other, none of this, it's you know, it doesn't matter. This is a pointless conversation. But if if we get out of that, right. So when when I started learning about economics and the dollar, because I had my own business I had to learn, um, I became very afraid because none of it makes sense. The Fed is a complete joke. So I started investing in Bitcoin way back in 2014. Very nice. happy with how that went. <laughs> yeah, I would um, imagine. But Leading up to this, in the past couple of years, I had expected it was my expectation from what I understand about the Fed, deflation, Bitcoin. That Bitcoin would be a hedge against inflation. It has proven in this past year that it's not quite there yet. That we're still at the point where it's all one trade, right? Like when the, when the Fed when the Fed starts fucking around, it's going to affect everything: gold, Bitcoin, uh, housing market, everything. Yep. How? Bitcoin, I, st- I still think is the future. That's still my belief. But from from your understanding of economics, right now we have one percent of the world about invested in Bitcoin. How much of the world would have to get invested in it and involved with it to where it actually does become a hedge, and people can stop worrying about what the the world currency is because it's Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. Um... I mean, obviously, I, I don't think that it would be 50% or anything crazy like that. I think it would probably be 10% where it would have its own ecosystem that kind of separates itself from the US dollar uh, trading system. So I I don't know. I don't know exactly. I mean, the the tipping point is kind of nebulous, and, and that's with any sort of disruptive technology. You never know when it's going to like actually turn over and become... This wide, widely used uh, thing. So, uh, I think that the the market tanking in the the Bitcoin you know price tanking over the past uh, eight or nine months has set us back quite a bit. Um, it was necessary because it was it was you know just kind of crazy overinflated. Um, so I think it's 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 a healthy process. Um, but at this point, Bitcoin hasn't demonstrated itself to be you know, tr- truly like a counter cyclical or, or separate from
0: the, the U.S. dollar. So I, we're not there yet. I know that for sure. Right. Yeah. No, we're not. Um, and the, la- the last time we talked, interestingly enough, we, we were talking about, you know, last time we talked the economy on paper, like we knew better, you knew better. I knew better, but on paper, the economy was looking very strong, but yeah. we we could see it was coming headed for disaster. And you and I had talked, I don't know if you remember, but we had talked about what can we do to avoid it? And essentially your answer was, there's nothing we can do. It's we're, we're headed for doom because if you raise the interest rates, it's going to crash the economy. If you don't raise the interest rates, inflation's just going to keep going out of control. Well, now it seems like we're Nailed kind it. Of, yeah, <laughs> well, now it seems like both of those things are happening. Inflation is out of control. They are raising the interest rate, and yet it is also crashing the economy. So I guess yeah. they, that is called stagflation. Is that where we're at now?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's even more extreme because stag is short for stagnant, and I think we are actually in a depression inflation. So a a <laughs> I don't know how to say it dip inflation or something like that. It's some yeah. new to te- new terminology. Um, you know, I, my personal opinion is that and I, I've been predicting this for a while. I told people to go to cash you know, a year ago because I thought that all asset classes were overvalued and that ultimately because of the inflationary pressures, the Fed was going to have to hike rates and that that you would have lower entry points into basically whatever asset class you wanted in the mm-hmm. coming year or two. I was right about that. I hope some people took my advice. I have no idea if they did. If I, if I saved you or made you some money, shoot me a DM, let me know. It makes me feel good. Um, so that's still my prediction. I think that that even though we're experiencing inflation right now, with a stagnant or a down or a de- you know depression type of economy, um, my expectation is that the continued interest rate hikes, if they proceed with them as they have continued to do so so far, I'm referring strictly to the U.S. central bank, the Federal Reserve. Um, I think that we will see deflationary pressure that that kills the inflation in this country, and. Uh, I know a lot of libertarians say that you have to hike rates above the inflation uh, rate in order for that to occur. I think they yeah. are wrong. Uh, I want to okay. be very explicit. I think they are wrong because of the leverage in the system. And they don't ever consider that. I don't know why. I guess it's just my my mortgage banking background that, that makes me more uh, familiar with this area or something. But um, because of basically what happens is when you have a deflationary period, you see the the dollar price of these assets come down so dramatically we have already lost I think it was something like seven or eight or nine or ten trillion dollars in the paper value of different asset classes across the stock market you know bonds everything else um, that is by any other uh, calculation deflation you're yeah. absorbing ten trillion dollars out of the economy now it was it wasn't real it was imagined because it was paper level mm-hmm. like it was just the if you were to have sold all of the stocks at those prices that's what the amount of money would have been theoretically you couldn't do that obviously but um, i think you get my point it's that you're essentially absorbing trillions and trillions of theoretical dollars out of the system and since the dollar is theoretical in its own right it's like well that's basically just decreasing the money supply to some extent it's not exactly but it's basically that so um i think that we're gonna the inflation issue will, Ah, uh, be alleviated because the economy is going to be so bad, and uh, that's that's my expectation in the. Wasn't near term. that?
0: I mean, that's a little bit
1: good news, right? Kind of. I mean, it's it's painful because yeah. it means that housing, and stocks, and everything else are going to be down a lot, and you know people are going to feel much less wealthy uh, than they did a year ago. But it is healthy. It's what's necessary, um, and I think that the Fed is doing the right thing, as as painful as it is, is to hike interest rates to to try and prevent inflation. This is what they should have done twelve years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not giving them any fucking credit. They're evil criminals. But I am saying, if you want to defend the dollar and its purchasing power, this is how you do it. So right, you know, by but- their own charter, that's what they're supposed to do, theoretically. Yes.
0: It's only good if if they do it and then the lesson is learned and they course correct. But what's most likely to happen is they do it, the economy falters, and they start bailing everybody out with more cash. Isn't that a likely that, scenario? Well, it's not
1: likely. It's a basically a guarantee. But let me, okay. let me give you some more insight. It, the, uh, the UK central bank, uh, I don't know if it was the ECB, the European central bank, or if it was some, I think it might've been the Bank of England. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, they reverse course on their quantitative tightening and their interest rate hikes, which they had been following in the the Fed's footsteps, uh, the U.S. Fed, and and they've now reversed course as of today, oh, wow. saying that that they were in a Lehman Brothers crisis moment. That had they not, they would have had a Lehman Brothers type implosion across their their markets. So we are already there, folks. Like I. I, this is happening very very rapidly mm-hmm. this is basically what i expected because i knew with all the leverage in the system if you hike rates you're gonna see things blow up that you don't expect and that's exactly what we've seen over the past twenty four hours so wow here we are you know
0: well, I didn't i't know that so once that... again
1: once again i'm not saying i told you so i'm just yeah. saying if you had listened you could have yeah. you could have front ran this and you could have made some money uh trading today as opposed to a couple months ago so I just hope people take it to heart. You know, this is not, it's not rocket science. It's just basically um, understanding sound right. Austrian economics and, and knowing how this stuff normally plays out.
0: So Europe is is already doing that and, and they're doing it because they they have to. Right. Uh, so we're probably going to eventually do the same thing. And then we're right back in the same cycle, right? But Correct. just a bigger bubble. We make it the next bigger bubble.
1: Well, it won't be bigger because we will have let some air out of the the, the balloon so to speak, um, because we've already crushed the market and and the bubble has come down to some extent. It's not anywhere near- It's not going to go today.
0: back to where it was, though, 10 years ago.
1: Well, it could. I mean- Really? It could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, it could. Um, I mean, if they if they reverse course and they decide to go all in hyperinflation of the US dollar and shift to a central bank digital currency, they could- I mean, they could do it. It's mm-hmm. not outside the realm of possibility, but they would have to know that they're going to be forcing us to transition into a central bank digital currency, which yes. I think is where well, they want to plan. do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right, exactly. so let's so,
0: let's go there: central bank digital currency, because that's, I mean, isn't that essentially the end of freedom? Isn't that when we just close yes. up podcast and say "fuck it, it's all over"? Well, no, that's when we trade in Bitcoin exclusively, right? <laughs> I mean, but I that, mean, there's no more there's no more reigning in the government when they when they get oh, no. us on a CBDC.
1: It's over. No no it's uh, it's peaceful secession time or bust I mean you would have no choice really because it, it's a I've described it as a panopticon uh, it is uh, uh, central bank digital currency is a complete surveillance state complete totalitarian panopticon so it has to be fought and avoided at all costs and unfortunately the way it's going to come about mark my words is we're going to have a terrible either, deflationary period or inflationary period this is my actual prediction that it's going to happen once they reverse course and they start with quantitative easing again right now we're doing quantitative tightening totally the opposite so right. we're going to start doing quantitative easing we're going to reduce interest rates we're going to flood the market with more u.s fiat garbage we're going to have a terrible inflation and they're going to turn to the American people who are starving because they can they're paper currency no longer buys enough food to survive or fuel to get to work or any of these things. And they're going to say, we are implementing universal basic income. Here's Mm -hmm. the CBDC. You have to give us all of your personal information in order to utilize it. And Bob's your uncle. There
0: it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It seems like UBI, UBI. I mean, we're kind of already there with these stimulus checks and, you know, so it's, it, it worked out great too. (laughs) (laughs) it's starting to all feel inevitable and depressing um that's why i started you know my family we started uh expatriating to um panama we're almost done with that process but i don't is anywhere it doesn't feel like anywhere in the world will be safe when it gets here like people are going to maybe start dying this winter of starvation. That's realistically on the table this winter
1: freezing for sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about starving yet. I mean, there is quote unquote food insecurity across. I don't mean
0: here, but like in Europe, this is going to start happening.
1: No, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's food insecurity uh, for tens and tens of millions of people. That's a direct uh, consequence of the lockdowns, which I obviously naming my show Liberty Lockdown. I railed against those very aggressively. Um, so yes, uh, now that you don't have enough energy to support even utilities in Germany and other uh, parts of Europe, it could get very bad, man. I mean, it, energy is an input in food production as well. People mm-hmm. don't realize that. So if you don't have enough energy for or fuel for you know, getting crops to market, to getting crops developed... Uh, and then you have a, a rough winter where people are paying 10X for their utility bills. Well, then they stop paying their mortgages and you have a mortgage crisis. I mean, there are knock on yeah. effects from all of these things. And and I, for whatever reason, people really struggle to extrapolate out and go like, okay, I can see this coming down the road, but I can't see, you know, BC and D. And it's yep. like, it, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like it, you're going to have Many, like the, the economy is so interconnected. It should be fairly obvious that when you see one thing blow up, you're going to see 10 other things that you didn't expect to blow up that also do.
0: Well, that's, um, that's what, you just uh, summarize why government doesn't work. One yeah, well, thing blows yeah. up and they can't foresee the next 10 things that are going to happen. They can't predict it. So they try to fix the one thing and they don't realize the, the network of events they just set into motion. I have well, a, yeah, right? a, a family member. Um, who who, pretty wealthy guy. He owns a shipping and receiving company in in Long Beach, right? Nice. Very wealthy guy. He's going out of business. And the reason he is going out of business is number one, the fuel cost. And number two, that combined with the fact that people have stopped buying goods, like he's not dealing in necessities. He's dealing in like luxury items and and brand name clothing and such. Um, He's shutting down. So when the people who are importing the stuff start shutting down. The shit doesn't get here and you yeah. don't have the shit. And we don't yeah. make the shit here, so there's no shit. Right.
1: <laughs> well yeah. said. Uh no, I think I think that that's a really good uh indicator of how severe the the circumstances are is that if you have shipping which we we've, we've had a terrible shortage of goods which is part of the inflationary pressure we've been experiencing is that there's not enough supply to meet the demand. Well now we have the the opposite problem where there's not going to be enough demand to meet the supply. So shippers, importers uh, are going to start stopping essentially and and I don't blame them. It's it makes perfect sense. We've we 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 created all of these um misaligned incentives where it seemed as if there was just infinite demand for Housing and everything else, and the reason that 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 I say it was a misaligned incentive is because when you have artificially low interest rates, it signals to the market something that's not real. It signals to the market demand that isn't actually there. And if people can't afford to buy, you know, starter homes at seven or eight hundred thousand dollars um, because the the interest rate was held at three percent, and ultimately their monthly payment was three grand, and now all of a sudden it's fifty five hundred dollars. Uh, well, yeah, then you don't have an end consumer for that product, and and, yep. uh, and you find out real quickly how overinflated the market was because interest rates were held artificially low for a decade right. plus.
0: But we've kind of talking about housing; we've kind of been through that before, so we already know what happens: the prices fall, everybody loses their houses, the banks scoop them up super cheap, hold on to them for five years, and then sell them back to everybody. So, yeah. well, the, well, if it's the bankers a don't get
1: okay, how so it, it's a little different though. We weren't experiencing. Very severe inflation back then, right. so the Federal Reserve had options. They had weapons in their tool belt that they don't have today because they were able to do quantitative easing and and printing of money and uh, re- you know reduction of the interest rates and yada yada yada. Well, you can't do that now because if you do that, because you're not seeing you know you're seeing a whole bunch of market classes blow up, uh, you're going to create such severe inflation that
0: you will ultimately see you know, riots. So it's right, different. But it is you, different. You had just told us that Europe is kind of already changing gears and they are doing that. Well, they are, right. but that, that, but
1: I'm, I'm still telling you, I think it's going to be create terrible inflation, yes, it will create will terrible create inflation. Riots. but
0: that doesn't mean no. it's not going to happen. No,
1: no, no, I'm not correct? saying it won't happen. I'm just okay. saying that, uh. that if you're going to compare it to the 08 collapse in America, the you didn't result see, will be different is what yes, you're yeah. Yes. You didn't see riots because food prices were astronomical in 2011. You know, like right, that didn't right, happen. Right, right. That will happen. This go around. So that's what I'm
0: saying. Right. Right. So maybe the best asset class to invest in is, I don't know, bullets and cows. Is that well, where you should be putting
1: your money? Bullets has been a, have been a tremendous investment for a couple of years now. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. Certainly diversifying into some lead makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I'm still bullish on Bitcoin. Honestly, I, I think that at this price level, I'm I'm way more bullish on it than I was the last time we spoke. I, I don't remember what the price was when we spoke, but it was probably fifty or sixty thousand. Mm. And I was I was very um, I was actually bearish on it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that if you're going to diversify, I would rather own Bitcoin than U.S. dollars at this price at this entry point. It makes way more sense to me. So, I think that's a good option. I think gold and silver are still a good hedge particularly now i mean they they ran all the way up huge amounts uh, in the mid pandemic uh, period and and now they're back down to basically the beginning of the pandemic so i, I think that we have lots of opportunities to diversify again lots of better opportunities to diversify than the last time we spoke so i don't it's not all doom and gloom i think like this is this is the upside of bear markets is that you know when no one else has cash to purchase things if you do well, you probably have a good buy on your hands, right? Uh, so, I, I hope people have some resources and they're able to take advantage,
0: right? But this this bear might get a little more berry before oh, <laughs> before yeah. you should be pulling the trigger. I think. Well, I think it will get way worse. Yeah. Um, but
1: then I think it there's a very high probability that that the Fed starts with quantitative easing again and yep. reduction of interest rates and you know printing and borrowing of more money, and I yep. think that we could see a real run up in, in assets. Uh, basically, what I see happening is like really short term whipsaws where, you know, normally it was like 10 years or so between recessions in America. I think what we're going to see now is like three to four year periods where it's like boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust. And then ultimately, um, you know, Kaboomo. Boom, kab- kaboom bust. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of my read of things.
0: Yeah, when I mean when they first started raising interest rates, I, I I said on on the show that there's just no way they're gonna they're gonna keep at this like they say they will. It it will tank the economy, it will tank all the markets, and I don't think they have the stones for that. So far, they've held the course, but I don't think they're gonna do it much longer. I just don't see how they can.
1: I agree. I mean, it, when when the uh, the Europeans are saying that you know they almost had a, a Lehman moment, well, Americans should hear that and realize if they're having that. We're having that. If mm-hmm. their banking industry was this close to just imploding, that means our banking industry is that close because they are very interconnected. People don't realize that they should. Um, so I think we're very, very close to uh, a
0: cliff. Well, it we all just trade debt like it's such a senseless system. Like we're trading debt back and forth and and attaching different values to it and swapping it. Like well, can't to that just- extent, it's terrible. Yeah. Why can't they, this is, this is going to sound like a retarded question. This is a retarded question. <laughs> Do you, bear with me. Why can't they just wipe out the fucking debt of the world and start over? Why can't, well, because boom, the, start over switch.
1: Because the creditors, um, you know, they, they have liabilities and, and ultimately. They, yeah, but
0: fuck them. Right. Yeah, like,
1: well, but the, these are the people that, that control the, the militaries of the world. So what you're asking for is for the people in power who have the capacity to complete, you know, start world war three or to suppress their people violently, uh, to walk away from all of their alleged assets, which are ill ill begotten. But regardless, they don't, they don't view it that way. Um, it's just, they're not going to do it, uh, without major, uh, pushback. So yeah,
0: I kind of already knew the answer to that. It's kind of like the same, the, the answer to the question of, well, why can't, uh, why can't we restructure our voting system or the way government runs? Well, because the people in power who have to make those changes benefit too much from the current setup. Of course. Of so, course. I mean, they're not going to change it.
1: And, the, and this is why, uh, you know, when people say we got to get money out of politics, I just laugh at them. I'm like, look, until the government is out of money, the politicians will never be out of, you know, the money will never be out of politicians. Right. Like it's, It goes hand in hand. The reason that the politics or the politicians benefit so much um, from money being in politics is because the the budget of the United States government is trillions and trillions of dollars annually. If that amount of money is being directed into uh, preferred businesses, well, then there's going to be tremendous power and and money to be made by being the you know middleman. For that mm-hmm. process and and uh y- y- you just have no choice but to dramatically shrink the size of government if you want to get
0: the corruption out yep yeah. i i used to live under the illusion i'm gonna say maybe 15 years ago that if we got the right people into government who would do the right things they could they could get the money out of government get the corruption out of government and we could have a fair system and I think a lot of liberals, because that's where I was 15 years ago, I, lo- I think a lot of liberals believe that. Like, if you oh, yeah. get good people in government, they will do good things. But the reality is government has so much power that it will always be corrupted by the people with the money. There is no fixing it. You can only dismantle it at this point. Well,
1: and and the, the vetting process by which people get into those positions of power is all predicated on. Corruption and whether you're willing to sell your soul. So, right. You can't get the the good person in there. Exactly. So like you have the one-off anomalies, you have the Thomas Massey's or the Ron Paul's, you have a handful of guys who just by the grace of God get in there. And, but it's not enough. I mean, you need, you need a third, (laughs) a third or a half or something um, that are, you know, true blue believers that have the moral courage and strength of character to actually stand up and do what they've promised to do. And you're just never going to get to that threshold, similar to how I feel about we'll never get to the threshold of having 51 percent of the electorate, you know, the, the voting uh, public that that understands what we're talking about and and elects politicians based off of those those desires. So it's it's multifaceted. But, yeah, I don't I don't believe it's reformable. I, obviously, I wish it were, but I just don't I
0: simply don't believe that. Yeah, I, I I'm i with you. Sadly, I, I think you're right. And that's why, you know, the only The only uh, happy ending to all of this long-term is some kind of secession, Uh, but that most likely is not peaceful. So that's probably not a happy ending either. So, you know, let's all just be sad. We're fucked.
1: No, no, no. I I think that uh, the chances of a peaceful secession are far higher than people think, Um, especially when the dollar is hyperinflating away. There are going to be states that say, well, we're not going along with this. We're not going to suffer because the federal government, you know, lived above, beyond their means for decades and decades. So you could see New Hampshire, you could see Florida, you could see Texas, you could see a handful of states that just say, "No, we're we're not going along with this. We're shifting to our own currency. We're going to issue it. It's going to be backed by Bitcoin or gold or something like that." Um, it's not impossible, man. It's really not. And when when the U.S. dollar dies, the the U.S. Uh, military industrial complex, their entire the the entire mechanism for controlling the world will be basically null and void. I mean, if you can't pay your soldiers, you can't stop a secession. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's honestly as dark as it is. That's my hope, most hopeful note in all this, that I, if they can't pay their soldiers, they're not going to prevent, you know, DeSantis stand from breaking off.
0: <laughs> so, so possibly this, this bad economy, uh, leads to a depression, which leads to quantitative easing, which leads to hyperinflation, which leads to a collapse of the dollar, which leads to secession. That's the, that's the happy pathway. Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean,
1: and, and it's, it sounds so simple when you put it like that. Um, and, yeah, this, I mean, and
0: this is why people just want to get high and watch Netflix. Like when you dig in, <laughs> when you dig into all that, fuck, man, I just, I, I, I want to get high right now. I don't want to think about all that. I feel that.
1: you. I feel you. It's dark. It's dark, but like, look, there's really tumultuous times in history. You have Holocaust, you have world wars, you have terrible, terrible things. We're living through one of them. It doesn't mean that it has to be as bad. That's the
0: thing. That's the thing we we've coasted for the, for pretty much my entire lifetime, your entire lifetime, we've coasted. We're we're the softest people who have ever lived. We're spoiled and, uh, People aren't prepared for this. And because we've never dealt with anything like this, you don't, you just don't think it can happen. That's why people aren't taking this Russia thing serious because they just don't really think it can happen.
1: You're right. right. You're, you're absolutely right. It's because the last world war was fought by people that are no longer alive. I mean, even the people that were lucky enough to survive, they're all dead for the most part. I mean, there's probably a handful of guys that are still hanging on. But um, as soon as that memory dies out, I think this is why the, uh, the the cycle theories usually go around an 80 year phase yeah. is because mm-hmm. that's, that's how long people live. And as soon as that memory is forgotten, then we repeat the same errors of our, of our predecessors. And, and that's, that's how I perceive this is that essentially the vast majority of people are completely ignorant to history. They can't possibly put themselves in the shoes of someone who was in world war two or one. And, and now they are, dooming us to repeat it, unfortunately, for the people who are privy to history and do learn the lessons of it. Uh, it doesn't matter because the masses are still going to drag us kicking and screaming towards repeating it.
0: Yeah. I keep telling my listeners and and I spoke at a conference in uh, St. Louis for medical freedom. And and, and and what I keep saying is that our ancestors, our, my grandparents fought in World War II and, and they fought to defend freedom. And we're already in the next war for freedom. And at some point, our children, my children, they're gonna judge our generation for being a bunch of pussies who let who let society collapse and fall into the hand of authoritarians, or we're gonna be viewed as heroes like we view our grandparents. And uh it's becoming more and more clear that you, you don't want to you don't want to say we're at war. But and and when I used to hear that, even just like when at the start of COVID, you would hear people saying that, I would hear you saying that. You don't want to believe we're actually in a war, but we're in a war for freedom at this point. It is. War at this point,
1: I, I think so. I mean, it's uh, in a in a fortunate way, it's a cold war, um, but it's really only cold because the people have, you know, we have a tremendous amount of both patience and uh, capacity for acquiescence, and also probably a lack of courage. Um, and I think that you know the there's a lot of people that see this issue the way you and I are talking about it, but there's no. First, there's no leadership to direct them into some sort of activism. I'm not not saying, you know, violence. I'm just saying some sort of activism to to really make our voices heard, to let the the government know, like there is a line at some point that you cannot cross with us, and and we're so far past that line. I really don't know
0: how. I was just going to say, where where to- is that line? You say we're we're past that line, but we haven't seen real action yet. What is the line that is crossed? Where, where people, people actually.
1: Yeah, I think I think the line where people actually act in in crazy ways is when the uh when the dollar dies. I think, you know, when you it, we're already close. Like if if the Fed weren't hiking rates, we would be in it right now. Like I think we would already be there. And for the record, I think that the the primary reason that we've seen such an increase in violent crime in this country is largely a product of the economic decline that we're already experiencing. Um so if if that Is allowed to persist and goes unaddressed, uh, you'll see real, real violence. And so the line is, unfortunately,
0: is is that the line is when we're not comfortable anymore, when the dollar is shit and you can't feed your family. That's the line.
1: I mean, that's the line for most people. And you know, we we always look at history. We don't really, you don't read that part of it. But usually, it's there's a financial imperative that that is the precursor to some sort of you know revolution. And you know, my hope is that my hope has been that we could have some sort of peaceful revolution before we got to that point, because I don't want that. I desperately do not want that, but it doesn't seem as if we're able to reach enough people in this interim period where we can say, Hey, this is what's going to happen if we don't say no now. And I did it for two and a half years on my show. It, you know, I did what I could, (laughs) but it didn't make a difference, man. I, I mean, yeah. it made some difference, but it didn't make a difference to the point of like actually
0: getting real, okay. real movements to, yeah, to so let stand me, up that, and say, that, no. we're, we're coming up on time. And I, that's what I, I want to ask you about that, because I think about this for myself often uh, starting this show, you know, it, it, it's been fun. It's been a journey, but also I've gotten a lot of shit for this. I've, I've uh, lost some friends. Um, it, it's, it's been, been a lot of ups and downs. It's been a lot of headaches uh, yeah. There's a lot of ridicule. Um, I've been banned on YouTube permanently. I've, I'm on my third channel now. Actually, I'm not even going to start that third one. I've been permanently banned twice, been permanently banned on Twitter two times, permanently banned on Facebook. Like It's a pain in the ass. So I ask myself, why am I doing this show so i, I want to you're doing this the same kind of show except yours is, is bigger yours is blown up in this past year well, why just, do you just do because this because i haven't been banned <laughs> why do you do your show like what are you hoping to do and do you think you're accomplishing that well i still believe that
1: one i'm giving a home to people that feel homeless and and that feels good because i felt when i heard dave smith on joe rogan seven years ago or whatever it was It was like, oh my God, you know, there is someone out there who's like me, who has these beliefs, who's, you know, he's able to speak to them well, and he has an audience. And I was like, it was thrilling. So I think that it's still, there's value in giving people hope. So if someone can feel the same way that I do about Dave, then I'm, I'm I, I'm thrilled, you know. I'm thrilled that someone can feel that way, and that that's 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 meaningful to me, you know. Even if it doesn't change the world ultimately, like you don't know, you don't know what that guy might go on to do. Like, there's no way we could have known what Ron Paul's uh, couple of presidential runs would have amounted to in the knock-on effects and the butterfly effect of like all these other people that went out there and created incredible things. Dave being one of them, me, you, probably, I like so many people that that are now pretty passionate and out there activists because of the Ron Paul revolution. So. I think that you know what we're doing now. We will not know the product of it for a while, and maybe this is copium, as the kids say. Um, but I, I think it's true. I think that we we probably won't know what comes from our work, and we may never know. I think for me, it's not so much about you know whether or not I succeed in what I'm doing as much as like what is the end result for my life and for this country and for the world and for humanity. Like, I really do think on that big of a level, like, and I'm not saying that, you know, what I'm doing is going to change that directly. I'm just saying, like, if I can, if I can just play any role in trying to course correct the insane, insane path that we're on right now, then it's worth all of the heartache and all of the sleepless nights, like it's, and all of the lost friends and the hatred and the shitty comments and all the stuff that I get too. So, and the censorship and everything else. Um, like, what's the alternative, though? Like, go back to putting my right. head in the sand and and crying about it. Like, I could do that. I certainly could. Um, but I I'm still passionate as hell about this, and and I think that that we have we have a real chance of, you know, it's like it's like if if the founding fathers. And I know this is totally hyperbolic and sounds as if I'm putting myself on their level, and I don't mean to, but like I always dreamt as a kid of like being in that time period, and and imagining who I would have been in the, those ranks. You know, if I would have been one of those guys, if I would have had the courage to do what they did. And the answer was, I don't know. And I still don't know. I don't know when it gets that crazy that I would actually be one of those guys, but I'm going to find out. And, and I'm going to stay in this until I find out. And I, it sounds totally nuts.
0: Um, well, no, I think you said, that's how you, I feel said it, you said, um, you said, what's <clears throat> the alternative? And for a guy like you, a guy like me, I, I, I feel I'm this kind of guy. I think you're this kind of guy. We have integrity, right? We, we want to do the right thing. So to just like bury your head in the sand and sit on the couch and get high and watch fucking uh, <laughs> spank flicks, it's, it's you just feel useless and, and you can't look yourself in the mirror. So that's why I, that's why I keep doing it. It's like, what is the alternative? The alternative is do nothing. And yeah. a guy like you, you're not going to do nothing.
1: No, I can't. It's uh, it's really not how I'm built. So, you know, even if I wanted to, I don't think I could. I'm I am drawn towards this. It is it is the path I'm meant to be on. I I feel that deeply and this is why I just I'm relentless. I I just I know that I'm going going to see this to the end, whatever that end may be. I don't I honestly I have no idea what it looks like. I don't know if the if I'm going to get banned from everywhere and I'm just going to be talking to, you know, a couple dozen people who are diehards that's fine too. I, I don't know. I don't know what it, or it could end up being, you know, on Dave Smith's level where I get a hundred, couple hundred thousand people that are listening every, every time I hit publish, I it's, it's very interesting, but um, just to reiterate, you know, for me, the, the end goal is just having a, a better planet and like, and having some enclaves where freedom is still valued and and cherished and upheld. And I think that like, that's, that's why I do this. I, that's what I want to see in the world. So if it happens, then I will have prevailed, you know, whether I had any
0: say in it actually occurring. Well, I, I for one, think you're making the, the place a better planet. So I think you're doing your job. Well done. Well, thank I, you, brother. I appreciate you coming on the show, Clint. Good talking to you as always uh, tell everybody where they can find your show, where you are on Twitter, all that stuff.
1: Sure. Uh, at Liberty log on Twitter, just broke 50,000. 50, so that's pretty cool. And uh, on YouTube, uh liberty lockdown you can search that uh any any podcatcher out there just search liberty lockdown you'll find me and, are you on rumble uh, i am but i only upload um like my most controversial things over there so i don't yeah. i don't upload over there consistently i need to i need start to start building
0: out. that audience trust oh, me i know no trust you're right
1: me. you're absolutely right um <laughs> But uh, really cool guest that I had. Well, first off, today I had on Dr. Chris Martinson, who's been phenomenal through the pandemic, and then on Monday I have Dr. Ladapo, who's the Surgeon General of Florida.
0: Yep, I don't he's know. Great.
1: I don't know how the hell I got him, but I'm thrilled to have him on. Uh, he's DeSantis's right hand man throughout the pandemic, so that should be very interesting. So I hope people check it out.
0: Yeah, check it out. I'm sure. I'm sure most people who are familiar with this show are familiar with yours, but if they are not please head over to Liberty Lockdown. It's a great show. It's it's a great show. I catch it almost every week. All right, Clint. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. Bye-bye.